following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. It's fucking balls. And I know some people love it and they're like, oh my God, autumn, pumpkin spice latte vibes. Yes, sure. Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Hello. Hello. Like the fact, Fiona, that that motherfucking Mercury is in retrograde again. Ugh. Why? Have you noticed anything untoward? Um, don't feel compelled to because like I'm, I'm basically slinging it at you. But I... Over the last few days, like we all know that I'm a little bit emotional anyways, but this was like another level. So I went to work in a cafe. I was feeling in fine form, um, like definitely not on the brink of weeping. And I sat down in a cafe and I looked at a mother breastfeeding her child. And Fiona, I started weeping like, like a baby. I couldn't stop. And this woman like looked over at me and gave me the most gentle, loving smile. And I was like, what the fuck? That was fine. Went out for the most beautiful walk yesterday. It was such a gorgeous day. Went to a local place called Hillsborough, which is like the royal residence in Northern Ireland. Sat with a coffee, was speaking to a couple of friends in Dubai, um, had the dog out, got him a puppuccino, like all the lovely things that one does on a Saturday morning. And I just drove home literally crying at the wheel like a crazy person. That's fine. And then I was with my friend yesterday having the best day, barbecue in the garden, all the wonderful things and she asked me how I was put my glasses on and was like don't speak to me I'm going to start crying so in amongst all that my friend messaged me who I was speaking to when I was weeping in the cafe and she sent me a link to an article um, a Vogue article stating that Mercury is very clearly in retrograde and it explained so much to me and usually I think it's such woo woo bullshit but it's really taken me off guard these last few days like out of nowhere and it kind of unnerved me slightly and I was like I don't even think I'm PMSing like what the fuck is this so yeah Mercury's in retrograde until early October yeah I've not actually I cried two nights ago because um my boyfriend wouldn't have sex with me so yeah that was probably not well listen people obviously I mentioned to my boyfriend and he was like here she fucking goes again and obviously a lot of people aren't into it and I'm not really into astrology but it really resonated with me this time and people will be saying yes you're just attributing your emotions to this woo woo retrograde thing but actually you know Vogue posted an article about it so it must be true I feel like though things like with um, Mercury in retrograde and also like the full moon genuinely is something like when there is a full moon, especially for women and for lots of people, you don't sleep as well. And it's because of the magnetic um, force, excuse any astrologers or scientists listening. I don't know how many we have of those, but <laughs> like the magnetic force, it's something to do with the water in our body. Mm hmm. And it like imbalances it. That's why when there's a full moon, we feel a bit weird. We can't really sleep that well. And that's why. So when we it's have- It's really like a- funny that you say that, Fiona, because my boyfriend is a shift worker of sorts who works with the general public. When there's a full moon, 
the things that he reports, he's like, oh, fuck, there's a full moon tonight. He said there is a distinct correlation. My uh, friend, my neighbor is also a nurse. She reported the same thing. And would you believe that there is a very famous mom's group in Dubai? It's a it's basic. Well, I'll not say the name, but it's um, one of those Facebook um, mom forums uh, with thousands and thousands and thousands of moms and they write on things on there like I can't find a maid or uh, my maid tries to like um, take an hour's break a day and I think it's too much you know those sort of groups yeah but the owner of that group who also officiates the group and basically um, manages it she said around a full moon there is a tsunami of absolute infighting women just picking each other apart fighting each other making the most erratic comments and it's always around a full moon so I think that's like deeply rooted in science and like the planet and shit so I feel that mercury in retrograde is sort of the same thing and they they advise in, in retrograde times that you should go really easy on yourself and not make any mental decisions like crazy mm. decisions and you should just really lead a very mellow life and also when you're having your moments of like severe anxiety or upheaval or emotion just to really go easy and soothe yourself instead of being too hard on yourself yeah that's interesting I do feel a bit unsettled at the moment I don't know like I was talking to my friend Sophie about this earlier today like I feel I mean I don't know if it's got anything to do with mercury it could do I don't know I feel because obviously I'm now in a relationship I feel like and I don't know I guess you're a really social person so I feel like you won't find this you wouldn't find this weird but I do find that obviously like you know when you get into a relationship especially you start living with someone you kind of like you have to change your routine a bit and you have to do like you know change things which I totally understand and now I've got used to our kind of like midweek routine I'm like used to it now I'd be going to the gym more so like I feel like I'm back in the swing of it with like midweek routine what I can't get over is that I am like not someone that likes to socialize all the time like if I have a social weekend I need to have like two weekends off whereas obviously when you're in a relationship it's two people's social calendars so Mm -hmm. like I feel like I've been social every single weekend since I like since I got back from the UK and I'm honestly just so mentally exhausted like I just said Mm to him we've got a engagement wedding drinks next weekend um which I'm obviously super excited about and I love it but I was like after the two weekends that I know they're going to be social in October I was like I need to have time off I need to have (laughs) time to like decompress because I can't I physically can't do it you've always been like that Fiona you know loved your own company and that's something I love about you and really admire about you and I wish that I could be more like that but even when we were in Dubai and we had an eye out or whatever you'd be like right that's it for the next like three weeks I'm doing nothing. I know and it's really difficult I suppose because also like when you first get into a relationship with someone and like you know we've been together like it will be almost like five six months like properly together I feel like you do need to spend time with you know their the friendship groups because also these are people that are going to be your close friends and I I love them I think they're they're such great people um so like of course I'm going to be going to like social occasions and also a few things recently have been like big things that you obviously want to go to like you want to go to people's engagement things you want to go to people's birthdays so that's absolutely fine um but 
How are you melding with like the friendship groups? Oh my God, they are so great. Like I literally, I, it's as if I've known them forever, which is so good. But then Mm. also like I get on so well with him. So I think that that also really helps. He has not met many of my friends though. So Mm. I know that, but also that's my own fault. (laughs) I need to make the plan. I'm just terrible at it. Well, I th- also think that you're a very easy person to get on with. So I do think that you would meld mellifluously into any group. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait to meet him when I come to Dubai. Oh my God. When are you coming? You need to um, Do you know, th- 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 I actually was having a chat with our um, old boss, Kat, the other day. Her and I were having a brilliant catch up and she was saying, you know, come on out now, come on out now. And I said, you know what? I am... I've got a, a week's holiday in basically next week I go to Greece and then I go to Spain for a week in um, <clears throat> October. Here's the thing about the shit hitting the fan in the UK and Irish winter, as you well know, Fiona, because, you know, you've been there. It's fucking balls. And I know some people love it and they're like, oh, my God, autumn pumpkin spice latte vibes. Yes, sure. I can get by October because it's Halloween. Yeah. November, December is the lead up to Christmas. The months that I struggle with like a motherfucker are January, February, March. Like they're the they're, that they're like the trifecta of death for me. So, I'm thinking about coming out to Dubai then, but then Fiona, the weather's not great in Dubai in Jan Feb like it's nice if you're working there and you're going about your business and it's really cool and you have to wear a jacket sometimes but I want to go over and sunbathe and live that really like I want to live the holiday life when I'm there so I'm thinking March April yeah March April and it's my birthday in March as well so I could just go and do like a big brunch and stuff and get everybody together I want to do that Buddha bar brunch have you god it looks so good it looks so yeah, good. You know what? Although I have to say, we went the other day when we went for our friend Ruby's engagement drink, uh, dinner and drinks. And we had, let's say, two bottles of Prosecco, a couple of starters and like two mains. And it was like 458 dirhams each, which is I like know. almost 100 pounds each. And I was actually like shocked because we didn't like genuinely we didn't really drink that much like and we didn't eat that much either so it is ridiculously expensive so actually I'd really like because also it's so good in there and I think it's one of these like places that's been a vibe forever so I'd love to do the brunch there. Buddha Bar is the first place that I ever went to in Dubai and I was 23 didn't know anywhere like I was went over his cabin crew didn't know the place at all but my best friend the guy that I became friends with on my very first day of training Matthew his brother had been in Dubai for years and kind of knew these places so he took us to Buddha bar and I remember it was the first time that I ate an edamame bean but I ate the whole thing because oh, I yeah I remember you saying yeah I was like and now I'm like this real bougie foodie who's like oh my god Michelin star this and that when I was 23 and I first went to Dubai I sent another ate a whole bowl of edamame beans with the little casing and everything great fiber you've been shitting your pants literally I went on a I went on a date (coughs) I was thinking back to this the other day actually when I was like early 20s so like 23 24 
I went out with quite a lot of old men, like not old men, but like much older men. And like, I would say like, I don't think I look that old right now. I looked really young as a 20, Mm -hmm. like an early 20 something. And I think back to like, I went on a date with this guy to Buddha bar and he was this French guy. And I remember it was like, I, it was like my first experience of someone like, just like, what's the word for it? Just being really like. Ostentatious. uh, no oh my god what's the word for it just being like really like uh get up and go about organizing the date because I think I had just become single so yeah I must have been about 22 23 and it was like very much like a oh we matched on tinder in the office on like a Thursday yeah it was Thursday because that was the weekend and he was like oh I'm just flying in from Cannes um do you want to go to Buddha bar tonight and I was like oh my god he wants to arrange a date with me now what do you mean what's there's no game playing and I and I think he must have been so I was like what 22 yeah he must have been about 32 and I remember like having such a like wildly like grown up date in Buddha bar Mm -hmm. and he like paid and we drank like cocktails and all this sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then we went home and like we didn't kiss and like he dropped me home in a taxi and like all this stuff like I felt like that was like one of my most grown-up dates I've ever had obviously yeah that's a very adult date and I think at 22 you're still in that phase where you're like not really used to that yeah and I also think and I was thinking about this the other day I really think also like a lot of my dates that I feel like maybe I didn't find them to be very interesting or and this is also recently and I'll tell you pourquoi in a second um we didn't get drunk on that date and I think that when you're in your early 20s you want to get like that the, the goal of drinking alcohol is to get pissed Mm-hmm. there's no like enjoying a couple of drinks and then going home because you know your hangovers are less and you know that's why you're going out and I remember being like oh like I remember being like oh that was like a super grown up bit boring day and I've had that on a few occasions like remember that guy that I told you about that was like super old like catfish me old and then it, he, we had gone out on like a Friday night and then he wanted to leave like after an hour I think I told you this story where he was like I can't do this and then walked out no I've definitely told you this. I've 100% told you this. I'll tell you again. So apologies, everyone, for retelling the story. Matched this guy in London when I was like 24. And then we went on a date, but we went like near my house. So it was like walking distance, which I'm so grateful for. It was like a Friday night. Got there to the place and I saw him get out of the car and I was like, oh my God. And on his Tinder, he said he was 38, which I don't think he was lying about. I just think the pictures were really like, really Mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. And he looked so much older he genuinely like I honestly think that like and I've said this before people in that restaurant would have thought that this was my dad or like my fun uncle taking me out on a Friday night (laughs) like genuinely and then like after an hour he was like uh sorry I can't do this and I was like oh what and then he was like I'm gonna have to go and then just like left and I remember being really annoyed because it was a Friday night and it could have gone out. Now I would have been like, oh my God. I right. remember that, Fiona. Yeah. Did he say why? Was it because you were- I think it, I don't know, but I'm almost certain it was because I look too young. Like it was and like- you do, even now yeah. you look really young. You're obviously like, your mom's Asian. You've got yeah. a super baby face and- you know, at 24, you think you're a big girl, but you're actually a fucking kid. And you were maybe reeking of immaturity a little bit. And he was probably like, no, nah, this is not a good thing. So kind of, I respect him in a way. Like, he yeah, just I do as it. well. I mean, he could have gone about it a bit better. Like, he could, yeah, have just, absolutely. could have said to me, like, you're too young. 
obviously. And let us reiterate this point a million times. You need to update your dating profiles with up-to-date pictures. It does not matter if you maybe don't like how you look now compared to 10 years ago. It will save you so much fucking hassle in the long run and it will save that person that you are going on the date with a grim surprise when you rock up three stone heavier with your hairline receding back three inches looking 10 years older like just do the right thing and update your dating profile pictures it's the right thing to do oh my god everybody involved because like there's no like I know we talked about this topic a lot but I like I don't like that guy that I went um that Danish guy I went on a date with um when I was like having a bit of a like mental breakdown when he had he had specifically told me oh I've put on a bit of weight from my photos but like when someone says that one you don't want to be rude and be like send me a photo of you and then block them if they're too like fat for you or something like that's so rude like I would never do that to someone but like you can't if you are genuinely saying that you look so different and he would have known how different he looks you can't then go and say oh I put on a bit of weight because like he knew that he was deceiving deceiving me but like I just feel like you, you've got to show physically show because that's all we've got to go on in a da- on a dating app mm-hmm. oh my god I'm I know this is like a terrible relationship person thing to say and I'm I'm so sorry I'm gonna say it but everyone knows my like horrendous journey I've had I'm so glad that part of my life is over <laughs> I'm so glad I had some fucking wild stories do you know what I um was speaking to a friend recently and he potentially is going to end a long-term relationship just he's not feeling the thing anymore and I find myself toying between kind of sympathizing with him because you're like fuck you have to go through all that again but equally I really felt an overwhelming urge just to get really excited for him. Like it is exciting. It's exciting. And I know that you've been through all, you're not excited by it anymore. Like you were at the point where you were so fucking over it, but him, for example, like I was just like, yeah, like this is amazing. I think he's maybe a bit younger than me, early to mid thirties. And I was like, you're still like such a young man. You're in your prime. There's so many brilliant, people out there amazing connections to be had adventures you know look at all these dating mishaps and kissing frogs and stuff as a bit of an adventure and like Kira Daly said on that podcast that we recorded a few months ago if you knew that out of the pool of 50 frogs your one guy was in there you just keep going you just yeah, keep going. You just keep engaging. You'd keep chatting and going in your dates because you'd you'd, yeah. you'd know eventually that your your one was in there and in, in amongst it. Maybe it won't take fifty. Maybe it'll take less. Maybe it'll take more. But yeah, I I sort of think that anybody that's listening to this who is single and still going through the motions, just keep going and have fun with it and allow yourself to lean into that excitement as opposed to the dread and the trepidation that quite often comes with shitty dates and ghostings and all the rest of it 
Do you know? Do you remember what your friend before we move on? Do you remember what your friend Joe said, Joanne, when she was like, "What are we going to do when Fee gets a boyfriend? Are you just going to sit around talking about getting fat?" Which genuinely I have done since being in a relationship. Not it's since moving <laughs> in with him. I have honestly, and I also think it's because I've been drinking way more than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is the killer. It is the killer. Like I just, I don't, I just don't know what to. I, I looked at myself and I was like, I just don't know what to do. Like I, I, I will tell you know. what to do, Fiona, and we'll talk it's about like, it. I can't stop drinking. Maybe the next one because I want to move on to the letter. But I have like literally, and I don't like to talk about weight. But why did nobody fucking tell me how fat I got over lockdown? Why did nobody tell me? I don't think you got I fat. Become. I don't think you got. I don't think you got fat. You did put on a bit more weight, but then we two and a half stone, Fiona, from yeah, my Dubai we weight. Put, we all put on weight. Though. Have you lost it now? Though you look great. I. Do you know what? I feel better. I feel I am so close to my Dubai weight again. So I've lost like a stone and a half. But I've been doing the intermittent fasting. But we'll talk about that another time because that probably needs a whole other conversation. But we have a letter. Hi girls, I'm a nurse and I have just moved to Dubai. The opportunity was too good to pass up. My boyfriend remains home in Ireland and he currently has no plans to move to Dubai. I'm not sure he is keen at all. I just don't think Dubai's for him. I plan to stay here for a year and save and we are both confident that we can make it work. But I got drunk with friends last week and they fessed up to me and they told me that they do not believe it will last. Now I am all over the place and I really don't know what to do. What mm. do you think, Fiona? Oh, do you know what, though? I don't think I I feel like long distance is OK if there's an end point. When there's an end point, I feel like you can work with it because you've got a goal when you are long distancing and it's a it's a kind of never-ending piece of string then I think that it's where the issues are I don't think I think her friends are being I feel like I understand why they're saying that because I think they're probably just like worried about her and also they care about her so I think it's almost like they're voicing their concerns but I also think that if your relationship is strong enough, it can withstand it. Many, many can't. So I think it's one of those things where like, you have to create an environment for yourself when you are long distancing that works for you, create a routine that keeps the relationship and keeps your lives still intertwined. Cause I think that what happens is, and I know this is what you'll talk about. And this is kind of what happened with me and my ex when we were long distance. And also we were long distance over lockdown. So it was it was the never ending, you know, never ending piece of string because we didn't know when we were going to see each other again. And I think that that is where a lot of our, I don't want to say issues, but I would say tension started to emulate. Whereas I think that with her, if she's saying it's a year, although I will say this, no one comes to Dubai for a year. You say that's, you're coming for a year. That's the first thing I thought when I read that letter. Girl, yeah. you are not going there for a year. I went out and planned to stay for a year. And 12 years later, I came home. And only because of COVID, nobody goes to Dubai for a year. Firstly, she's a nurse. She's going to be making a fortune out there. She's not going to be coming home to the friggin' NHS, although she's from Ireland. I don't know whether she's north or south, but it's a shit show let's be honest, at home. I doubt very much that she's going to be 
staying in Dubai for a year only and I'm sure she's out there she's having a ball and her friends that fessed up the fact that to the fact that maybe she they didn't believe that it would last have probably got that as their vocal reasoning for it also she states the fact that he doesn't seem all that keen on Dubai and I do reckon that Dubai is very much a Marmite city you either love it and you're all about the brunches and the seven star hotels and the pool days and all that bouginess, or you're just not. Yeah, I know from experience, my boyfriend is not into that side of things at all. What I think that he would enjoy about Dubai, probably the brilliant golf courses. And that's pretty much it. Like he wouldn't buy into the heat, the warmth, any of that stuff. So That would concern me slightly because I sort of feel that they're on two very different paths. Mm. Yeah, I would be interested to know if he's ever been to Dubai because I think that also another thing, not to talk too much about Dubai, 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 is that when you come on holiday to Dubai, you experience a very different side of the city. Whereas I think that if maybe they go forth and they they do the setup, she said she's moving, right? Like it is happening. Um, She's moved, she's moved. She's moved. So I think that if he came out and lived normality with her, he would see a different side of it. Because I think a lot of people as well, and it probably, it would probably be the same if your boyfriend, if if you guys moved, I know it's not possible with his job because it just wouldn't be possible. But if you moved and then he saw the different side, because there is a side of Dubai that isn't all about the glam and glitz. And we do lead, like I lead a pretty normal life. I mean, we do do sometimes things that I'm like, this is not normal Saturday behavior. Like, you know, going for a pool day in like five-star hotel. Like you just, that's not what we, you know, but you don't do that every weekend. Like most of the time you're just doing shopping and, you know, meal prep. But, you know, I think that, I think that with long distance, there has to be a plan and a routine set in place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it is very difficult. Um, and I think that with your, sorry, my dog is destroying the outside. I can see her doing it. George! Oh, fuck it. Um, so I, I feel like without that and without also like maybe setting things in place beforehand, Absolutely. And from somebody that's done long distance before, like communication is so, so crucial. And like sticking to your agreed timings for conversations and chats and catch ups, because once you miss one, you then really Mm -hmm. become out of the habit of it. One person is always left feeling like that person is no longer invested. Like, you really have to up the ante on communication. Maybe if they were living together in Ireland and maybe he wasn't so much of a, um, uh, like a WhatsApper or messenger, that needs to really increase tenfold. And even if it's like daily check-ins, like obviously the standard good morning, good night, but like small things that she could really do, like updating him on her day and vice versa, kind of menial details that don't mean much but it just makes the other feel connected Mm -hmm. because I know in my situation whenever my ex would come back to Dubai he would say like I just feel like I'm not part of your life anymore and he was right but it's because I didn't keep him in the loop with a lot of things the small things actually I didn't keep him in the loop with I didn't really tell him about the new friends that I made because obviously we had started working together and I met this like 
whole other group of people at work and we were such good friends at work but I didn't really want to have to go into detail about who Fiona was and who Ruby was and who Sophie was and the dynamic so I just kind of left it and then when he came back I had this whole other life and these new people and he was like what the fuck he was in Saudi in an apartment that he barely left he had no social life no friends no alcohol so it really was on me to keep him in the loop and I didn't but I also believe that this is actually a point that is very important I this girl hasn't stated so but I I get the feeling that her and her partner are solid if you are contemplating long distance and you guys aren't solid as fuck forget it just forget it you need to enter into a long distance relationship fully committed to each other and like fully in love because when my ex went to Saudi Fiona we were on the brink of breaking up I was actually relieved when he went to Saudi and I kind of knew that it wasn't really going to work I just like dragged my feet for so long so yeah that's actually I think it's a really fair point that if you're going to do, um, if there's any inkling of doubt in your mind, um, don't even bother engaging in long distance and just break up and mm-hmm. save everybody the time and the hassle. Communication is absolutely key. A hundred percent, Fiona, trying to have an end in sight. Like, when is this going to end? Even if it's like a reconciliation or reunion holiday or something to have in the diary to look forward to meeting up or whatever. There's a lot of things to consider, but I do truly believe that she can make it work if she loves him enough and she's committed enough to keeping the lines of communication over. It can strengthen a relationship, you know, make, you know, what is it? Distance makes the heart go stronger. Make the heart something like fonder. That. fonder, yeah. Um, you know, you can really like build up an intense um passion and attraction and all that sort of thing for your partner long distance and then meet up and just have the most wild amazing time so it definitely can work my gut is telling me though that she's not going to be staying in Dubai for a year I don't know anybody who comes to Dubai for a year and another thing aligning with my situation she I'm assuming she's a young girl is going to be on Instagram posting about her boat parties posting about all these places that she's going and the brunches and the new friends and I reckon that would be really really difficult for a boyfriend living in Ireland to witness like you just you just you just be raging you would well just one more point before we move on I also think that you said about reconciliation holiday I think that it's really worthwhile as well in a long distance relationship that you plan out ahead of time where you want to like when you're going to meet for like six months at a time so you know that when you say goodbye to each other you know exactly when the next time you're going to see each other so there's never a point where you're not looking forward to seeing one another Elkature recommends a huge shout out to our amazing sponsor, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure wear brand to create the most beautiful pieces. If you live in Dubai, take advantage of the 4-Hour Express delivery and please do take a visit to their beautiful stores on Al Wassel and JBR. They also have a new pop-up store in Mall of the Emirates. That's going to be amazing. 
If you're living outside of Dubai, then delivery will take just a few days and they cover all taxes and shipping charges if you order over $100. Don't forget to use your Love Bites 20 for an exclusive discount. That's a code, by the way. We love to see how you wear your El Couture. So please do tag us both on social media. Sophie, what have you been up to? What have um, you been loving? Right. I today have watched a film and it was one of those like Sunday afternoon films where like I didn't really know what it was going to be. So the reason why I watched it is because I'm obsessed with Downton Abbey and -hmm. it's got the guy who's the dad, Hugh Bonneville, in in it as the like main character. And it's called, Mm -hmm. it's on Netflix, um, it's called I Came By. Okay. And it's basically, it's a bit of a crap good film do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it starts off and you're like oh, this is gonna be a bit of shit and then I literally was like I had to message you being like I have to finish this film it's basically just to give you a bit brief synopsis it's about this graffiti artist who then they go into people's houses and basically do like I don't know what's the word like like Banksy style uh art in like rich people's houses and it's all and like it starts off with like down with like down with privilege and all this stuff yes I've seen this advertised yeah you would have done it's new out on Netflix and then it okay. just so you think that it's going to be I think also I don't know whether Lou's got cut or something so you think it's going to be about like this graffiti artist basically getting caught and like it's all about that and then basically it turns into like the wild horror movie and it's like, I is that expecting... lawyer dude like a mad killer? Yeah. So judge. like, yeah. So he's a judge. A Hugh Bonneville's character is a judge, and then it turns into basically that he's like some like serial killer. The only thing I would say is that it's got a really, really weird ending. Like honestly, both George and I were like, eh? at the end, and I had to Endings like Google are it. Always shit. Like it's so difficult to get a really good ending, Fiona. But. I actually started to watch that the other day. It's the guy in it from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No. No? It's English. Yeah, that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you never watch Buffy back in the day? And like the... the, No. The professor teacher did. What? Hugh Bonneville was not in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh God, no. Sorry, I'm thinking about a different guy. Ignore me. But yes, I did start to watch that. How have I got them two so mixed up? Hey, you know that guy that you're talking about, the character? What's his real name in real life? The main guy, Hugh Bonneville. Is that his, like, real name? Yeah. You know who I thought he was? Who? Princess Diana's butler. What do you call that guy? Princess Diana's butler that wrote a book and stuff about her. Princess, hang on, I'm just Googling. Diana's butler. Paul something? Here we go. Yeah, Paul Burrell. I thought it was Paul Burrell, but then I was like, is Paul Burrell an actor? Anyways, it's not Paul Burrell, Okay, yeah, no, that's not completely off. I do see the resemblance. God, she was so beautiful. Well, actually, do you know what? Just quickly, whilst we're recording this, we are recording this slightly earlier. Um, I can't believe the Queen's died. I know, crazy. Like, what was so mental, obviously, like being here, we weren't, so we saw it we were at home because it was a Thursday. I was working from home. We saw it on like Instagram or something though. Her health was impaired. And we put the news on and we were like, 
this is definitely going to happen and then I was at an event when I heard and I was Mm -hmm. like this is really weird because like no one at the event was like doing anything like no one was saying anything and then slowly like the news trickled out because Kat our our boss was at the same event and I messaged being like oh my god the queen's died and I and literally I've never seen so many people wanting to leave the event because I was like let me go home and mourn I don't want to stay I don't want to go to the office I mean the reality is she's a 96 year old woman yeah I mean it's fantastic innings and you know I felt so much for her passing because she was some you know she's a a mother and a grandmother and on a very human level my god it's absolutely awful and I'm not a royalist by any stretch of the imagination at all but I have immense respect for that woman and the work that she put in and she was a phenomenal friend of Ireland as well and did so much to kind of bridge that very temperamental relationship over the years so yeah I mean what a woman there's literally no nobody can 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 ever compare to what she's done and funny I was sitting in Hillsborough yesterday and like I said Hillsborough's the royal residence and everybody like thousands of people were going up to lay um flowers and messages of condolence and stuff so she meant so much to so many people around the world and you don't necessarily have to be a mad royalist or pro-monarchy to actually appreciate the brilliant work that she did and her steadfast service so fair play to the queen that was lovely laura i wonder how charles will get on charles and camilla hmm. i think they'll do all right i think they'll do all right i think charles i think he's okay let's uh, see let's okay. see how it pans out um tell me your recommendation <laughs> this week my friend okay so our recommendations we have always talked about things that we're loving right so it could be a podcast, a book, a film, um, skincare, an item. Can we just talk about how good my skin looks, Fiona? It looks so good. And I don't want to be like a little lover self because my skin was so shit for so many years and it caused me so much anxiety. My skin was awful. I am semi-hungover. Mercury is in retrograde. It's pissing down outside and my skin has never looked better. Like I am just looking at the mirror going, is this even my face? So first I, I am day 10 after having Botox. So that always helps. I've got a great skincare system that I use. Um, Epions, you can get that anywhere around the world. But I had a treatment done recently And it has just set my skin alight and made it sparkle beyond all belief. Have you ever heard of Profilo? No. Yes, I have. Tell me what it is because I get it in me. Profilo is amazing. So Profilo is, they call it the five touch facelift. And it's essentially the, you know, the, the, the face, there's five injection points made on each side of the face and hyaluronic acid is injected so that's naturally occurring in the body anyways but it's a very very like smooth um filler almost like honey so it just kind of spreads over your face um, and it's superficially inserted so it doesn't change the look of your sorry it doesn't change the shape of your face like normal fillers do It just gives your skin the most beautiful luminosity and hydration. So 
in terms of pain, it wasn't horribly painful. I would say it was more of a stinging, you know, whenever mm, the, yeah. the kind of the acid is being inserted, kind of a, oh, and then it's gone. Um, Honestly, I am blown away by the results. So optimally, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to see the best results after two sessions of Profilo. But after one, I have noticed such a difference and such a glow. Wow. I'm obsessed with it. So I can't wait to have the second. I can't wait to have my second boost. I mean, it's not a booster. It's like a separate treatment, essentially. But yeah, I'm just delighted with it. And here's the thing. I think people that aren't into fillers and changing their face and want a more measured conservative look i.e they don't want anybody to notice that they've had anything done they just want to feel better and look better profilo is absolutely the one so i had mine done in um belfast a clinic on the lisburn road called woodford medical but you can get this done anywhere i've researched it and there's loads of places that do it in dubai too i'm like, sure so Fiona, highly, highly recommend it. Amazing. Oh my God. I'm literally Googling it as soon as we get off this. Um, so our recommendation for El Couture, I haven't read this. I don't know if you have, Fiona, but when we did a shout out on our Instagram for books that we should recommend to our listeners, this came up repeatedly. So I'm actually, I've got it up on Amazon and I'm going to order it right now. And this is one that I actually want to read as opposed to have on Audible. Um, I just finished a book at the, at the minute, so I need something to read in the evening. So it's Confessions of a 40 something fuck up and that's by alexandra potter and um, according to the telegraph it is the new bridget jones hate to say it say hello to a book that will leave you laughing with every page whether you're 20 40 or 80 it is described as a novel for any woman who wonders how the hell she got here and why life isn't quite how she imagined it was going to be and who is desperately trying to figure it all out and everyone when everybody around them is making gluten-free brownies. Meet Nell, her life is a mess. I mean, this book is right up my street. Why oh, have I great. not read it until now? I am going to order it straight away. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to order it as my book's about to finish. Right, well, thank you so much. I'm going to go meal prep now because I have got relationship weight. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the weight on another podcast because you know what it affects a lot of us and we've all been there i'm also going to send you fiona the most delicious insanely gorgeous healthy salad that you can make on a sunday and it will keep the whole week because it's chopped coarse vegetables like cabbage and stuff so it doesn't wilt okay unreal and it is so good for you and so freaking delicious too oh my god okay awesome yeah send it to me I, I need will. all the I need all the tips. All right. Well, have a lovely week and see you later. See you later.